welcome to this episode of the Disruptive Voices at the Pacific podcast. Um, I'm in Fiji currently, been having some great discussions with a whole range of different people these last few weeks and today I'm actually talking to another fellow Aussie but he lives here in Fiji. His name is Peter Schultz and it's great to be with you today Peter. Thank you Letitia, good to be together. Always is, there's so much that I learn from every conversation I have with Peter. Maybe just tell us a little bit about what you're doing in Fiji, what's brought you here, what's yeah, your work and your context in which you're speaking today. Uh, I came to Fiji, we came to Fiji as a family in 2005 um, and since early 2006 I've been involved in the rehabilitation of men and women in prison, um, which most people would now know as Yellow Ribbon. Uh, so our work sort of sits alongside that. We work in prison, we work out of prison, we work in communities, um, just yeah, building um, and restoring in that space. Yeah. And are you seeing some um, good results in what you do after being there for yeah, so over 20 years now? What are you seeing? Yeah, we are seeing results uh, and we're seeing positive results. We're also learning um, and uh, that's what I appreciate is that the Pacific is a great place for learning. It teaches, it's a great teacher. Um, so when I say we're getting results, we are. Uh, would we like more results? Absolutely. Yeah. I love your faithfulness and you've really given your life to this place, you and your wife. Um, and you're committed to it, to really looking at the deeper issues. Now, we're going to be discussing patriarchy today, um, something that is a hot topic out there, and especially uh, in some of the circles I move in, in the feminist circles, and uh, I hear a lot the words, you know, we need to destroy the patriarchy. even had a Fijian woman tell me that last week. Um, but you have a different angle on that, which I actually love because um, I think if one sex has to destroy the other <laughs> to get on top, then we've got something wrong. So you mentioned to me this whole idea of we need to redeem patriarchy. So just unpack those two words, redeem patriarchy. So pat um Patriarchy has been a Pacific way, I guess I would use that broad term. It's been the nature of most of the Pacific. We do have some matriarchal communities, um, definitely, but we predominantly have patriarchal communities. And patriarchy is part of the collective Pacific story. And so when I, uh, as I've been looking at this and looking at gender violence, looking at sexual abuse, um, looking at, you know, some of the deeper social problems within our communities that are deeply embedded, um, yeah, I mean, the, the go-to position has been for a long time to look at uh, patriarchy as the, as the presenting problem. And I'm not, I'm not saying that it isn't part of the presenting problem. What I'm saying is that to exclude patriarchy from the picture and to attempt to remove it, not only is it removing our story collectively, but it's also removing something that um, is very much a heartbeat. And so what's the alternative? I guess in simple terms I'm saying what would it be to redeem patriarchy, to bring patriarchy back to a true picture of what patriarchy is? Um, now that's a much bigger conversation and I don't think we'll get through all of it in our, in our chat today um, 
but the concept of redeeming um, redeeming is a is 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 a is a biblical perspective um, um, God is redeeming all of creation um, he redeems individuals he, he redeems communities he redeems nations he redeems people um, and so redeeming as a concept is not an un, you know is not sort of something foreign to us so what is it to actually look at patriarchy and say look sin is capable of of you know making good things bad um, and so what is it what is it to redeem it what is it to actually bring it back to its true purpose um, I've written a little bit on it I um, have probably spoken a little bit more around it uh, women I would say are right to continue to bring the abuses that we as men bring upon them and so I have no problem with that conversation I think that conversation continues to need to be brought to us as men what I do believe is that us as men have got to pick up that 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 side of the conversation and make it our own um, and go what is it that we need to do as men to actually look at that and I guess that's where I've landed what is it for us as men to, to take patriarchy re-examine it and say hang on this th what what we're practicing as patriarchy is wrong um, what would it be to improve it to redeem it to bring it back to its true its true purpose and when quite often when people are saying we need to destroy the patriarchy it's it's really this notion that men are above <laughs> um, that they're in charge that they have um, dominance and power and control so yeah that's what we're that's what needs to redeem because nowhere in the bible do we see that so we can understand how that has brought a lot of pain and hardship to families and communities and individuals as well so what would it look like to take that word patriarchy which you know particularly the feminist movement have really put it in a bad light uh, and redeem it so we can when we say patriarchy we have a new vision what would that look like yeah i i think again if we look if we look at the heart of god and we look at, at really uh, the whole encounter of god through jesus christ we see this self-sacrificial empowering redeeming process where god so loved the world that he gave um Often as men, um, we see everything as a uh, commodity, and so we take. We take women, we take children, we, you know, we exploit, we take. But in, in reality, that is, not, that is not the father heart of God. Um, and so we're, we as men are reflecting something else. We're not reflecting the image of God that has been truly given to us. Um, and so, what is that? What is that? That that you know, space to have have that conversation. What is that call to repentance? That that brings us to that space of saying, Ah, hang on, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Um, and 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 begin to really honestly look at look at that. Uh, if you if if you look at at, at the character of God, how He self reveals His character, His first His first self revelation of who He is is He's a God of mercy, um, and so as men, are, are we being merciful? 
when we're exploiting, when we're we're beating wives, we are we are nowhere near being merciful in our actions. Um, when we're sexually abusing or watching pornography, etc., etc., we are nowhere near being merciful men. And yet God, in Exodus 34, reveals himself as a God of mercy. Um, what does that mean for me as a man? How do I reflect that? How do I take that on? Um, so, yeah, they're, they're sort of some of the deeper reflections that I, I think about, but some of the reflections that I think need to broaden into a much wider, wider conversation. And you've started... Um you know, speaking to groups of men about this uh, in the Pacific. What has their response been? Because, again, um, you're not just dealing with... You're dealing with hundreds of years of culture. <laughs> and this is the way it's always been, and you could actually um, yeah, mess with their, their power structures. So how do they respond? Yeah, by and large, um, when men realise that they can actually be part of the conversation, because there's been... Um, I, th- I, th- I think we're at a point where men feel disempowered by the, by the current conversation. And I don't think that's been intentional. I just think it's been uh, the way the sh- that particular conversation has been formed and shaped. Um, men feel judged by it, and I'm not saying that's wrong for them to be judged by it, but they feel disempowered of being able to contribute. How do we bring a solution to this? So when I talk to men around what it is to redeem patriarchy, um, it's it's like a, a light bulb goes on. It's like, hang on, here is a space that I can actually contribute here. This is something that's mine and mine to explore. Um, and so, yeah, there is these what I would call light bulb moments of, of men saying, hey, hang on, this is something that's relevant for me and how I engage. Yeah. How do you think, and obviously I'm a, a loud voice into violence against women and, and children, um, how do you think men in this country, because there's a lot of perpetrators, but a lot of them are stuck in their own childhood trauma and then they're hearing, let's destroy the patriarchy. So, yeah, how do, you know, are they stuck and ashamed and wanting to get help or, yeah, how are they thinking, do you? do you think? So I, I would say by and large, it's a really really, really good question, Letitia. I would say by and large, um, when men feel confident, men feel that this is a trusted space, um, we get huge admissions and, and vulnerability around this is who we've become, but we don't know how to move from this space. Um, and so we're talking about a healing journey. Uh, but the, but in, in reality, we're talking about a healing journey for a nation. You know, we're talking about what it is for men to be able to say, this is, you know, be able to put their hand up and say, this, this, is, this is the help I need, um, without feeling emasculated in, the, in that process. Um, and so, uh, by and large, um, overall... Yeah, men, I, I believe my experience has been when men feel safe, they actually lean into the conversation. Yeah. And do you think um, that churches here are providing those safe spaces or where do they find those safe spaces? 
Um, at this stage, I would say there are some churches that are, that are providing that, some, that safe space. Um, and the, the churches are at different places in terms of what they're able to provide um, and what, what they're able to you know, contribute into this. Uh, but generally speaking, I would say it's in smaller groups um, where men are able to actually begin to identify uh, who they've been, what they've been doing, what their actions are, and what, what damage their actions are actually, are actually creating. Yeah. yeah, wow. And that would be very confronting. Um, and again, you know, even in Australia, it's not... Um, it's not popular for men to get help. <laughs> it's a real sign of weakness, isn't it? So being able to acknowledge that your actions or your ways or what you've done for years is, is damaging, it takes a huge amount of humility. What, what gives you signs of hope that we, that, you know, we can redeem patriarchy? Um, oh, wow. Okay. I've got to... That's a great, great... I mean, in terms of hope, um, I'm, I'm an eternal optimist, so I guess, you know, I, I, look at, I look at the problem and I go, there's a solution here. Um, how do we begin to work towards that? Uh, so for me, I, d I, don't I don't feel despondent in it. I feel that we just need to be creative, we need to be courageous, we need to be able to continue to, to innovate around this conversation until we find it lands. Um, we find that this becomes a space that the conversation widens and widens. Um, pe other people contribute into the conversations until ultimately it becomes a movement um, and a movement that blesses the nation um, as is needed. Uh, so that's what I see. And, I mean, I have hope in that I've met some amazing men here just in Suva, some really those kingdom-minded men who, yeah, live at a place of just serving and releasing their families and their churches and what a difference that makes. And this is not a threat to us women at all. When, when men are doing well, we just all do well. And I'm so thankful for the family and the church I grew up in where there were good men and we, man, we've just got to be in this space together, don't we? What's your... Um, you know, are we failing our young boys? I know in our church for years we've done a welcome to manhood ceremony for our young boys and I think this has been a part of Pacific culture in the past but not so much now. Are we failing our young boys at, at that level? Yeah, I, I would think that we are. Our, our young boys need to be connected to story. They need to be connected to a rite of passage of what it is to become a young man. And historically, across the Pacific, we've always had those rites of passages. Um, as we become more globalised, as we become more urbanised, um, some of those deeper traditions uh, have, have become weaker um, <clears throat> and they're not, they're not front and centre of, of the rites of passage for young men. The other part to it is, is that we, we've assumed that every every young man that, that becomes a father knows what it is to be, to be a father, that every young man that, that marries knows what it is to be a husband. There's this great level of assumed knowledge where we assume that someone will know 
um, and then we find that they don't know, uh, but the responsibility is on, on us collectively as a community to be able to share that knowledge in such a way so that young men, young boys, as they move through the different seasons of life, do actually know what it is to be a father, what it is to be a, a husband. Um, so I would see it as a collective failure um, as we, especially as we become more and more urbanised. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much of that was just what you saw your fathers do and then you do it, don't you? But the fathers are no more. They're missing in action um, a lot of the time, unfortunately. So, yeah, there's some really huge challenges. Um, you know, you mentioned you're also at work in, in Papua New Guinea. Um, I'm about to go to Vanuatu, so um, this is a, a Pacific problem. And in Australia, where I'm working hard on our issues there too when I'm home, so um, we're not pointing the finger. But you just mentioned to me again before, we were having a coffee before we pressed record, just about the trauma, you know, is other islands in trauma and they've normalised trauma. Can you explain that a bit more? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a major generalisation that I'm making um, and so that's, that always comes with some qualifications. I, I would say that, that we have probably underestimated the levels of intergenerational trauma that collectively are across the Pacific Islands, which could come from colonisation through um, of what it is to be um, a people under pressure um, and the way in which that pressure is then passed on from within families from you know parents to children and children to their children etc i i'm i'm sort of working at the level we're working at and which is in, in terms of prisons where obviously a lot of the critical cases come uh, i'm amazed at, at the levels of trauma uh, or technically what we would call adverse childhood experiences which have never ever been dealt with so our, our team continue to hear, the most common phrase they continue to hear is, I've never told anyone this, but... And what comes after that is, is a whole revelation of stuff that's been kept silent, um, has been kept secret, but has, has done its damage on the individual. And so I would say, generally speaking, that, yeah, we've, we've got a collective trauma across our nations that we've, we've at some level have normalised um, without really calling time on it and, and really looking at it and saying, hey, hang on, what is this? What's the nature of this and why? And so, um, yeah, I think that that's, that's obviously part of, part of the conversation and part of, part of what we need to be able to speak to. Yeah, and that struck a chord with me because in the spaces I work in, when I come here for a few weeks... Um there's always, again, I hear that. I've never told anyone this before. There's always, and I'm mostly with women, where they do share a bit openly and there's a lot of tears and a lot of pain uh, when you bring up different things. Um, and we just pray that we can find spaces to heal and that's part of redeeming patriarchy. Until there's the healing, um, you can you walk a bit uh, with a broken leg, don't you, a bit. So finding that place of healing is so important. Any other 
final wisdom. Yeah, you, uh, you've got some notes there too. So share us a bit more of your wisdom you've got. I think, I think, and I wouldn't. I think Psalm seventy-eight, verse seventy-two, is probably a reference verse in terms of where this conversation potentially goes around what it is to redeem patriarchy. And in Psalm seventy-eight, seventy-two, it says, "With an upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with with a skillful hand." And if you look at that verse, and again, I, I hate taking verses, you know, just sort of ripping them out of their context. But if you look at that verse, you see three specific things happening. You see one around character. So with an upright heart, and an upright heart is talking about godly character. And so as men, we need to be measuring the godly character that we have. The second one is he shepherded them which speaks to the fact of this ongoing caring relationship of shepherding. Um, and then the third one talks about um, this, you know, guiding them with a skillful hand. It talks about the competence that we have or need to have as fathers. So if I, if I take that verse and I, I, I look at that verse in terms of redeeming patriarchy, they would be the three things, the three foundational things that I think would need to be explored. Um, in a wider conversation. One is the issue of character because fatherhood, being a father and a husband is always an issue of character. The second one is what is it to really have a caring relationship um, and build and continue to build and have a focus on what a caring relationship is. And then the third one is what are the skills and the competencies that a father and a husband needs um, and how does all that reflect back into what is patriarchy yeah yeah that's um it's beautiful and there um with all the amazing churches that we have here in fiji is this something that we can help the church understand you know if the pastors can get a hold of that and release that into their people do, do you get to work at that end much yeah, I, we we had a, a um, what was it a retreat the the Fiji Council of Churches we had a retreat in May this year and I presented some of this to them in May um, and again it was warmly received um, but I would say not only does this conversation need to happen at the leadership perspective it needs to happen very much at a grassroots perspective of what it is it, what is it in the local church for men to come together and actually begin to have a conversation about what it is, what is patriarchy and what is it to redeem it. What do they see amongst themselves that needs to be changed? Yeah. Well, thank you, um, Peter, for bringing these conversations to the table uh, in these important places. And again, it, it takes time for us to um, grab a hold of it and and put it into action <laughs> to um, process it all but really appreciate your work here in Fiji your friendship your wisdom speaking into my life as well but um yeah keep going because it's not always easy and now you're beginning to move into some of the other nations too that need it so um yeah thank you for your time today thank you Letitia easily I see your suffering I see the pain beneath that bowl of smile come out from hiding 
sun is rising, let the islands hear reason. Let 